This is the closest I think we've ever been for this. Yeah, I mean, one, last time you were in Japan, so. Um, <laughs> now we're basically kissing. We could, do, we could get closer. Okay, okay, we said no, no visual no. jokes. Okay, yeah. um, so. <laughs> we got a, basically an episode about nationals today, as much as possible. And this is the layer by, by layer, layer podcast. podcast. Yes. Um, <laughs> Intro's kind of a, a shaky thing. We're currently. working on it. We're working on it. I think uh, it may actually always be a shaky thing. It might be the thing. That might be the intro. Yeah. That's just <laughs> our standard intro. Um, but we got a lot of topics today, mostly having to do with nationals itself, since that's where we are today. Oh, yeah, by the way, in case you can't tell by the horrible audio for the people listening at home, we're recording this live at nationals. Hey, audience, why don't you say hello? I, I said to say hello, and you all just said, like, woo! <laughs> Somebody got it. Uh, <laughs> all right, everybody, if you're in the audience and you love PR, say PR! That, it worked. It worked better than I thought it would. <laughs> um, I mean, I'm not like overwhelmingly for PB, so if you're for PB, just kind of do nothing. <laughs> I thought that worked really well. I don't know about that. Uh, we had the PR cheering section over there. In case you don't know what we're talking about, listen to the last episode. But on to nationals topics. We have, uh, we just gonna do like a rundown of like world records and stuff that were set today. Yeah. Uh, the world records we know that were set today, at least. Yes. Uh, well, <laughs> some of them were still in contention. Yeah, the uh, future episode will be a great topic. Um, so we did have one, or uh, two, two, three, how many do we have that are confirmed? Uh, we had Stanley Chappell's 5x5 five five blindfolded world record, mm -hmm. which... And, oh, yeah, go on. I, I don't, uh, wasn't really a surprise to me. Uh, if anything, I was a little bit... Um, I don't know what, where I was going with that. I was, just, I was a little bit. I think you're a lot of bit. Thank you. You're welcome. That's why we're good co-hosts. Um, yeah, he had that world record. He's been doing blind stuff for a while now. He got the four blind world record earlier. Yeah, I wasn't surprised. Were you? Yeah, not terribly surprised. Uh, the time was uh, pretty impressive. Yeah, that was um, quite a jump. I, uh, I checked the scramble on this world record, uh, so I had to watch the video to check it. And uh, mighty shakes. Very mighty, yeah. very mighty shakes. Yeah, I would um, expect so. <laughs> Scramble looked pretty good, so I can imagine he probably knew it was world record going through. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, we also had another world record with Daniel Karnock. I also uh, checked that scramble. Did, did you check all of them? Because you could just say that as a blanket statement. I did check three of them, so three for oh. three. <laughs> um, yeah, so we had Daniel Karnock get his square one world record. Well deserved, buddy. Uh, I don't think he's out there. Is he out there? No, maybe in the listening audience. <laughs> yeah, that's, that one was, I guess, a little more unexpected, but um, I know in his uh, YouTube video he posted recently, he said that he was going pretty ham on square one. So yeah, yeah. maybe not terribly surprising. But. Yeah. And was there another world record? Maybe. Maybe. That is unfortunately the answer. <laughs> and we will be discussing that later on a future episode when we know more about the status of yes. that solve. Uh, which, in case you are, don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about Max's one-handed single world record, potentially. And there was also an OCR <laughs> set in the room where we had our staff lunch. Yes. Um, yeah, first day was a little interesting with the staff competition. We didn't have lights for a good period of time, so we uh, did Megaminx in the room with all the round tables. Uh, some of you might have done fewest moves there tonight. And I was sitting across from Felix at a round table when he got a, a uh, OCR and Megamix, so that was really silly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you never, like, it could have been a benefit to him, because it was like, 
really nicely air conditioned out there, whereas in here it was hot. Oh yeah. It was really hot. Yeah, much better today than it was yesterday. Yes, Absolutely. yeah, I'm glad they were managed to get that turned yeah. on. Um, yeah, uh, yesterday was a little bit of a, a mess in this room, but today was great. Yeah. I have no complaints about how things ran today, other than feet. Feet was very slow. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were about 45 minutes behind at one point, which caused Five Blind to be very behind. Mm. And other than that, though, world records caused some delays, which is natural. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a pretty well-oiled machine at this yeah, point. Yeah, I can say it. From I was uh, staff on the Blue Station. Everything was basically ahead of schedule by like five or ten minutes the whole yeah. time. We were basically waiting always to catch up to where we were supposed to be. Yeah, absolutely. So that was a well well-run competition, I'd say, for the most part so far. Well, yeah, we got two more days, so let's. Let's let's hold our tongues uh, for now. Well, I can say it now. It's I said so far. All right. So viewers in the in the uh, in the future that know this is a disaster of a competition, <laughs> uh, I have nothing to say to you. Actually, I just wanted to make a joke. And... Shout out to those viewers. <laughs> viewers, what are they watching, Kit? The bar sliding to the right. That's what you do when you listen to a podcast. <laughs> you just that's. I mean, that's like the whole video component of it. That's that's the entertainment. That's right. Oh, and you know, we also had another. Thing of world interest occur. Oh yeah? And that is, well, you might not know this, but I have a world best now. Boo. That's like how you say UWR if you don't believe in saying UWR. Um, <laughs> because Mark Boynowski and I, last night we went and did Rob's Challenge, which uh, in case you're not familiar with Rob's Challenge, that's where basically two uh, cubers try to solve three puzzles, or you really you can do any n cubers and n plus m, where m is less than two n puzzles. Wait, no, m is less than n. You're the math guy. Um, it's some amount where you can't just divide it up evenly. That's what I was trying to say. Yeah, um, okay. yeah so basically, we did two of us doing three FMZ attempts, and we did like the full thing. Uh, we got a 28 mean of three on them. It was mostly Mark doing all the work. And mostly you doing all the insertions really fast. Well, that, that was the plan. Yeah. <laughs> and then I was slow at insertions, and I did them badly. So yeah, one of them... Were, were some of them not optimal? One of them was very not optimal. <laughs> but I, got, I, got, I did the best first insertion. Okay. And then Give the second that. insertion... Or the second two insertions, because the three insertion skeleton were terrible. Mm -hmm. And then at the end, I found another first insertion that was worse, and it gave a three move better final finish solution. So that was annoying. I, I found that like with five minutes left, so I couldn't actually do that last insertion. Right. So it could have been a 27 mean of three, but you know, it happens. Yeah, I think you're probably the only pair that's actually attempted this. So you weren't supposed to tell them that part. It sounds more <laughs> impressive if I, if I just say we're the best in the world at it. I mean, at 28, it's a pretty good start at that. Yeah, it's so, not bad. Especially because you only took an hour for all three. Yes. Which, yeah, that's, that's how it works. That's, that's pretty rushed for three scrambles and two people. Yeah, and we fully separated each of them. So we had, like, individual papers for each, and each, like, scramble was tied to its own cubes. So you were, like, passing around these papers, yep. like, just, all right, I'm going to pick up this one, work yes, on stuff. Yes, literally and... we were doing that and passing around the cubes, too. So we had nine cubes divided into three sets of three. So you must have to take, like, pretty good note-taking then. So, like, noting, like, well, this is a two-by-two-by-three, or this does, solves F2L. Or... A little bit. Mostly it was, like, we would come up with the full skeleton on our own. Oh, okay. Um, because yeah, I feel like it would be really interesting to like start something and then see what another person yeah, thinks about I that did start. That. Like I gave the scrambles were ridiculous, by the way. We got them from a Chinese competition. I don't remember the name of it. Something about getting a mean. It had all the mean of three events. Okay. Um, and one of the scrambles had an EO skip. Mm -hmm. One of them had three pairs with a two move EO that preserved all three. 
And then the other one was just kind of normal, but Mark's good at FMC, so he did good on that too. Um, yeah, that sounds pretty good. Um, too bad the first uh, FMC scramble tonight was not like any of those. But... I thought it was pretty great. Wow. It had a four movie O that built three pairs. Just... I I'm happy for you. Thank you. Uh. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so we did that, and we did pretty good. Challenge to anyone out there who does FMC, try to beat us, because we have decided we're not going to attempt it again until someone does. <laughs> uh, it shouldn't take too long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I heard some fun things about your stopwatch. Uh, yeah, so one of the stopwatches used in this competition was being real weird. It was like possessed. So you know how normally when you have a stopwatch, what do you expect it to do, right? You've got two buttons, you've got start, stop, and reset, right? And there's like a mode button too that yes, like nobody that. understands no one, how it works. I don't, I don't, I just press it until it gets back to the mode I'm used to. Right, okay. Yeah. So, so what do you expect to happen when you press the start button? It resets the time? No, that would be the reset button. That one worked. Oh, the reset oh, button okay, was working okay. perfectly Sorry. fine. Sorry, I, I, I guess it would stop the timer. Well, it, I mean, it is a start-stop <laughs> button. Oh, so it starts too? That's, oh, that's ideal. incredible. You yeah. have one button but, for... Okay, but, but you've just reset the stopwatch, right? All right. You press the start button. What happens? Okay, that, in that case, it would start. I'm, it would start I'm 90 from what? Sure. Uh, I don't know. Zero? That's what you would think, right? Yeah, sure. What if sometimes it started from one or two? That would be pretty weird. That would be, and that was happening to me. So at first, the first time I did it, I was like, did I just forget to reset this? Because I looked down, I kind of glanced, and I was like, what, three seconds already? <laughs> Did you like just lift the cover and then immediately say eight seconds? <laughs> it was, I felt like that. <laughs> Fortunately, the person didn't take up to eight seconds of inspection, so it didn't become an issue. But then I kept looking at it, and I looked at it as I was starting, and it seemed to start at exactly like one or two seconds. And I did some tests later with my phone to like, so, so I was able to still do the inspection normally until we got another stopwatch. But it's just like, if I noticed it started at two, I just had to call eight seconds when it hit 10. And when, if, I, if it started at 1, I called it when it hit 9. And there was one time when I almost said 9 seconds, because I was like, okay, I'm going to say 8. I'm going to say 8. Nine, no, 8 seconds? It was a bad situation. This is a great lead-in to something I want to talk yeah. about. Unfor but unfortunately, it's planned for way later. But oh. let's, let's keep 9 seconds we, in the back of our minds. We plan these things? Sometimes. <laughs> yeah, but eventually I had to go steal another stopwatch from the uh, long room. Yeah, yeah, so it was just, it was being really weird. Oh, and also every time I tried to show Sophie, my girlfriend. It would it, work fine. It worked, yeah, because sometimes it started at zero. Mm -hmm. And so that happened twice. I was like, okay, oh, now it's working fine. It works fine for like three more solves. And then it goes back to doing it as soon as I show her again, works fine. Have you uh, insulted the dead recently? <laughs> uh, not that I know of. Okay, just, I just wanted to rule that case Unless there's out. been an unfortunate accident. <laughs> um, Maybe we shouldn't be talking about this in case in the future something goes horribly wrong. Well, if your stopwatch goes crazy tomorrow, now we know. And also, that might be what happens at Nats tomorrow, that the people in the future who are listening know it went horribly wrong. I, I don't know if your stopwatch is going to be that well known, but you can hope. <laughs> but other, speaking of other things that are a little crazy about Nationals this year. You mean you things that are wrong with Nationals this year? Tell me. There's no snack room for staff. Travesty. It is. That was the best thing about <laughs> staffing last year was there was a whole okay. room of snacks. Okay, so I don't understand the obsession with snacks. I do. Everyone the, is crazy. You eat, the, you eat them. You can eat a lot of things. Such as? <laughs> Lunch. That's a snack. 
It's just a bigger snack. All right, so what, what do you eat in a typical, do you, like, do you wake up and eat snack? Then after some time passes, you also eat snack? Yeah. And then, you know, after a long day, you come home and eat snack? Yes. And then you might have a tasty, delicious chocolate snack? Snack. Say it with me, snack. I'm not saying that word again. Snack. <laughs> it's not, I don't know, is it even a word anymore? Um, but yeah, there was, what, why wasn't there a snack room? Because convention centers are expensive. That's an acceptable answer. <laughs> yeah, we, we tried. It was not going to happen. But um, you couldn't have at least like 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 later in the day, the data entry area, right? They all the extra staff lunches. They just brought them over there. Yeah, I was it, able to go get a snack. That turned into the snack area. Well, I'm happy for you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, but lunch is not a S word. Snack. Yeah, I'm not saying that word again. Okay. People are too crazy about them. I'm sorry. It's just. We've, you get lunch as part of, of being on staff. I mean, what else do you need? You wake Snacks. up. Did you just say I'm, as part of being on snack? Because that's what I heard, because that's all I can think about right now. I think you need help. What are you talking about? <laughs> I just have a malfunctioning stopwatch, and you said the word snack. Are you not, maybe you're just hallucinating this stopwatch. No, I'm. Maybe like you have passed out, like you just like conk out, like head straight onto table for two seconds, and then you wake up like, oh, where did that two seconds go? I don't know. I think someone would have noticed that. I don't know. And they'd probably get E1 for it. <laughs> were, you, were you judging on the mental blocks stations at all today? Or? Uh, that's, no, actually. Then who was really watching? That's true. Maybe the people here were watching, but none of the listeners that are actually going to listen to this later are, are, were watching. So. That's, that's true. That's true. Unless you're actually at nights. Maybe, maybe you crazies will actually listen to this again. I don't know. But. Well, you know what else you can watch, Kit? What's that? Podcasts? Logos for podcasts specifically like that one right there. I'm pointing to it. If you're listening at home, just point to your phone right now or whatever you're listening to on <laughs> and you'll get the simulated experience. That logo right there, in case you don't know, that's designed. It's like I can imagine you're pointing at it. It's incredible. Well, that's because you can see me. Oh. <laughs> uh, it's that, that logo, in case you don't know, is designed by Sarah Cook. Uh, she's actually in the audience today. Look at her. Make her feel weird. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so... She made our logo for our podcast, and we just like to give her a shout-out every episode because she did such a great job. Mm -hmm. And she does a lot with uh, T-shirts at comps, too. Uh, so if you're ever hosting a competition out there, you want some solid T-shirts for cubing, reach out to her, uh, Pastel Cubes on Instagram. A lot of contact info in her bio there. Awesome. Uh, yeah, shout-out to Sarah Cook, and thank you. All right, so I got, I got an interesting topic, and this may involve some audience interaction. Okay. So um, I was thinking about um, you know, exposure of cubing one day, and one thing that I thought was interesting is that you know, cubing's kind of this weird like critical mass point where it's like almost famous, not quite famous sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. Um, and very few cubers have a Wikipedia page, but the very, very elite cubers do. Yeah. And I don't really have like, I have a computer here, but um, this is not something I've actually thought about too much because I wanted to save it for this. But who is the best cuber without a Wikipedia page? Do you want my guess? All right, go for it. Andrew Nathanson. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. I was trying to decide whether I was going to say Andrew or Kit. And <laughs> well, I am the wrong answer, that is for sure. The problem is, like, I don't have, like, Wikipedia in my brain, so I don't really know good answers to this right now, but, like, I know that uh, Felix, of course, has a Wikipedia Does page. Does Max? Or, is he, or has he been getting good too recently to have a Wikipedia page right now? 
Max Parkby. Yeah, he, he does. He does. He, does. Okay. he is an American yeah. Rubik's Cube speed solver who formerly formerly held the world record for average of five three by three by three solves. That that's definitely what he's known for. Formerly having three by three average. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what the general public cares. I about. I guess so. <laughs> Any other guesses? Um, if anyone out there happens, yeah. Jay McNeil. Jay McNeil. He is, that? by many measures, the, one of the best cubers in the world. Yeah, I see nothing. That's no, that's, a, that's a good one. That is a good answer. Patrick Ponce. Patrick okay. Ponce, as far as like three by threeers. Um, I guess people are probably looking on their phones, but I'm just verifying. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, no. definitely not for Patrick uh, there's Ponce. There's also Daniel Rosalvini. Dan yeah, that's a good one. Very uh, except for Jay. Um, very what? We're, 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 I was I thought we were what very were American, say? and I was like Jay is not an American. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's Stanley Chapel if we're talking about all-arounders who are just like overall good cubers again. Mm -hmm. And as, I would especially expect him to not have a Wikipedia page yet because he's True. a very recent yeah, absolutely uh, arrival on the overall cubing scene. Mitch Lane. I mean, I don't know if he has like staying power outside the community, but he does have a Twitch emote for himself. So. That's pretty cool. That is, yeah, that's basically a Wikipedia page. <laughs> I mean, actually, the Twitch emote contains everything you need to know about Mitch. That's right. It's just 6.25. 6.25. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much what he's been known for, right? Yeah. <laughs> what do you got? I Kevin think Kevin Hayes. does. But maybe he doesn't. I don't know. Yep, he does have a Wikipedia page. Yeah, I just noticed his says speed solver in parentheses. I'm, I'm curious what the disambiguation no, there is, page there is looks a, like. There's a musician named Kevin Hayes. Oh. Yeah, actually, if, so I'm, of course, Google knows I'm a cuber, clearly. So yeah. when I Google Kevin Hayes, it's this. But I'm sure if I put up an incognito window right now and search Kevin Hayes, uh, you get... Okay, apparently incognito still knows me. But <laughs> when, I, when I've done this before, I've definitely gotten the musician. So I'm just... Crazy right no, now, you're apparently. thinking of Kevin plays oh. an instrument. <laughs> oh, not not Kevin plays the YouTube channel. Okay, oh, or the, I was thinking Twitch because you know that's the best place for cubing. Kevin plays cubing. Right. I'm pretty sure it's Hayes cubing. Oh though. darn. Yeah. yeah. Nice try then. Almost. <laughs> what you got? Stefan Pachman. I feel like he could have a Wikipedia page. I feel like he could too. Um, no. No, nope. doesn't. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's someone who's definitely well known as uh, you know blind solving pioneer. Yeah. So, I don't think many. Pe I mean, other than the fact that Old Pachman is named after him, though, I don't think anybody would know who he is. That's if, true. If that method was not named after him, we had uh, one over here before I missed. All right, one yeah. more. Yeah. Brandon, Brandon Lynn's Lynn. a good one. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, maybe we'll have to follow up on this next time when we actually do a bit more research. Yeah, we can, we can actually go and actually find some instead of just coming up with it on the spot. But yeah. Or, or forcing other people to create content well, for us. Well, if you think about it, like the few <laughs> minutes we've spent on this, you can multiply that by everyone in the audience. So I think we've actually spent a long time on it. That's, that's incredible. And everyone in the listening audience by the time we get to follow up. <laughs> So what was our next topic here? I don't know. I've got too many Google searches open now. Oh, we got Wreck of the Day. Oh, I'm nice. excited. Okay. Yes. Because you like you just mentioned it. You didn't tell me what it was, and Mark started laughing. Yeah. So <laughs> okay. tell me about it. All right. So before, so for people here who don't know, uh, one of the segments we do is Reg of the Day, or Regulation of the Day, uh, where we... I find some regulation, usually it's tied to some interesting story or it's just uh, an interesting enough regulation on its own to be noteworthy. So um, today's um, is actually a regulation that is 12 years old. 
does it is it like still in the regs? Or oh, it's is not. It no, exclusively twelve. No, years? wait. It, so how would I don't know how to say that, but it's from twelve years ago no, and doesn't exist now. No, it doesn't. It definitely does not exist now. Um, I'm actually going to read this regulation out to you, and I kind of wish that like I turned this into is was this a reg or not? <laughs> uh, because I don't think anyone would believe this. So this is actually part of the speed solving section, which describes you know procedures for doing a solve. So um, it's about the inspection phase. Five seconds before the allotted 15 seconds are over, the judge says five seconds. All right. They, there's no nine seconds in here, unfortunately. Oh, darn. Um, <laughs> I could have could have had a perfect stopwatch yeah. for this <laughs> regulation. Yeah, I know. We should have put that topic later, apparently. <laughs> so, okay, not too crazy. I mean, we do eight and 12 now, but saying five seconds when five seconds are left is perfectly reasonable. That would give you enough time to get your last I've, thought together. But I've actually heard like a suggestion uh, somewhat recently of someone saying like we should start saying 10 seconds as just like a single thing because it's like gives you more time to inspect without feeling like you have to rush. Right, because when you hear 12 seconds, it's basically put cube down now and start. Yeah. Because it takes a second for the green light to come on anyways. Um, so then, as soon as the 15 second inspection period has expired, the competitor has two seconds, timed mentally by the judge, to place the puzzle down. Just to place it down. Wait, it, okay. Wait, okay, so. That was the part you attached to, not the timed mentally by the judge? Well, <laughs> the other part I'm thinking of now is, it says you have two additional seconds yeah, after just, the 15. Somehow, yeah, you get two seconds to place the puzzle down. Okay. So then, it's, so it's, okay, so. There's timing, presumably 15 seconds on a stopwatch, right, or something? Yes, and then somehow... And then they're supposed to just count mentally for the last two? Yeah, even though they have a stopwatch right in front of them, they suggest mentally. Okay. <laughs> okay, so I'm halfway through this. Um, if he does not comply, the judge adds a two-second penalty to the competitor's final solve time. If they don't comply, I like that wording. <laughs> it's just like, no, I'm not going to put it down. If they maybe took two seconds to put the puzzle down, we're going to just add two seconds. Give me one <laughs> Um, if the competitor still does not place the cube down five seconds after the 15 second inspection period has expired, the solve or the judge may disqualify the solve. Do they have to count the, the other three seconds there too? Yeah, yes, it's time mentally by the judge. Okay. So somehow two seconds, it's a plus two penalty, plus two to five seconds after is... I guess still a two second penalty. Well, wait. And then, so if you use 20 seconds of inspection, it's now finally a DNF, but somehow some of this time is done by a stopwatch, some of it's mentally by the judge. <laughs> we, should, we should do a test mm -hmm. and see if one of, like, who can mentally time two seconds more accurately. Do we have a stopwatch up here? Yes. Okay. All right, Kit, you go first. Okay. All right, three, two, one, start, and you just tell me when to stop. Stop. 2.19. That's pretty good. That's all right, good. all right. All right, your turn. All right. All right. Three, two, one, go. Stop. 1.94. Obviously, some delay time, uh, you know, from yeah. stop to hitting the button, but. So, I mean, it's not that inaccurate. <laughs> yeah. Why don't we just count for inspection like now? <laughs> I mean, what? People only take like six seconds, anyways. Yeah, it's true. You could basically <laughs> just pretend that, like, you don't even have to start the stopwatch. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've seen so many incidents where I've had to deal with competitors who are just like brain dead like after a long day and are judging and they just never turn the stopwatch on. And then they're like, wait, what just happened? And it's like, all right, 
clearly that was not 15 seconds yeah. or even five seconds. So thankfully this does not matter, but yeah. please don't ever do that again. Yeah. I mean, there have been times when I've been like distracted by something the competitor does. It's like, Oh, did they just do a turn? Like not intentionally, but like if they, if they're like picking up the puzzle, I'm trying to look at it, see if they did a turn. Mm-hmm. And sometimes that can be like, especially if I'm really tired at the end of the day, distracting enough to forget to say eight seconds or something. Yeah, absolutely. It's almost never a problem though. Cause everyone just takes like six seconds of inspection. Right. Right. One other thing that might have complicated this, though, is um, in the very beginning of cubing, the inspection period was weird because uh, you had to place the puzzle down. So, it, and this doesn't describe that at all. But I believe at this time the judge recovered the puzzle. So you just had to like keep that all in your yeah appa- yeah. It, apparently, like inspection period ended, and the the judge would somehow cover the puzzle, and then as soon as your hands came off the timer, the judge would lift it again. Okay. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So if you look at really old Saul videos, like if you go back to like some really old competitions like uh, Nats 05 or 06, like you will find this just bizarre procedure where the judges like cover and then immediately lift off as soon as the stack mat is huh. off. So, yeah. um, but it's interesting because I wasn't sure if that was the case at this time because they didn't really describe that at all as part of putting the cube down. Yeah, and then, it just says put the cube down. <laughs> right. The com- wait, so the competitor would put the cube down, the judge would cover it. Right. Within those two seconds. <laughs> yes. And then they would, uh, maybe they would communicate. It's hard to tell because every video I've seen from back then, you, it's like far away, yeah. venues are noisy, and you can't really hear if they're saying anything to each other. But maybe like they count down together like three, two, one, go. Start and then looking. they like, so that they don't like grab the cover instead of the cube or yeah, something when they start the timer. I mean, isn't um, the whole, wait, did they use stack mat timers? Yes. Uh, isn't pro- the whole point that you can start your own like timer without any assistance? <laughs> You'd think that that would be the benefit, but I'm... I thought that was the reason we use them. <laughs> yeah, I can't tell you, but um, yeah. So I thought that was mildly humorous. Yeah. Uh, somehow that we uh, had me- partially mentally timed inspection at some yeah. point. I mean, as much as a quarter of inspection could be mentally timed. Yep. <laughs> From 15 to 20 seconds somehow. Wow. Yeah. So. You know, speaking of regulations, which we do a lot, actually, as it turns out. Mm-hmm. There is a sort of quirk in the regulations as they currently stand with the recording of world records. How so? Well, if a competitor gets a world record and then later in the same day that world record is broken again, Mm -hmm. the only world record that is counted on the person's profile is the second one. The first person is just counted as their PR for that event. Right, yes. And yeah, the weird thing about it too is it's always, it's done, it used to be I think maybe at one point by the last day of the competition, but now that I think schedule information is at least wildly, or widely available. Wildly available. Wildly available. <laughs> Get <laughs> your schedules, whoa! <laughs> they just roam in the wild. Uh, but um, now that schedules are more widely available or easily, easily accessible, um, some competitions used to never really post schedules. They mm-hmm. just said, we'll get through this stuff, trust me. Uh, but now that at least we, it's easier for us to track down exactly what days things happened on. Yeah. So I think that it's based on the, uh, by the end of the day, regardless of the time zone you're in. But it's still weird with things like, like today, or not today, yesterday at Staff Comp, like Felix is staffing this competition. Mm-hmm. What if he gets a world record then and Max breaks it today? The, the, the way it works with a staff competition like that is it's counted as the first day of the competition, I believe, or at least that's what I was told. I'm pretty sure, actually, 
Okay, I'm not 100% sure on this, but I'm pretty sure that anything that happens in the staff comp technically happens when the round really occurs. Okay, yeah. So, so even though it happened on a Thursday, it would really happen on a Friday or Saturday whenever that first round really happened. Yeah, so that's another weird quirk. Like, there could be a person <laughs> who literally, like, has done the best solve in the world officially. Right, but we don't publicly release that information until, like, the round actually occurs. Yeah. But they could have had it for multiple days and then just have it taken from them. Yeah. Yeah, it's weird. It is weird. I remember there was a very strange incident where um, Sam Knave, uh, it was Indiana 2015, set a uh, square one world record, mm -hmm. uh, or not world record, NAR, NAR. Yeah. Um, and then Michael Young beat it the same day, I believe, but no, yeah, it was, it was part, yeah, I think this was the, no, this was that staff con. Hey, how's it going? That's, we're, you we're dirty NAR stealer. <laughs> We're, we're talking to Michael Young, by the way, not yeah. you, the listener. I remember how this happens. It was at a staff comp the Friday before the actual competition. So this actually confirms it. Because um, the real round happens Saturday. Michael's round also happened Saturday. But uh. even though it really did happen a day before, it didn't count because that information doesn't actually get posted until the real round occurs. Yeah. Uh, it's weird. It's not, it's, nothing's codified really about staff competitions. There's yeah. just kind of all these weird practices that are just accepted and no one really, there's a lot of things that we could, could codify, but it's uh, very willy-nilly sometimes. <laughs> yeah. And the reason this came up recently is because of Antoine Canton setting the blindfolded world record mean. Ah, yes, that's true. And then true. Jeff Park breaking it later in the same day, but we like didn't know he broke it because he had a provisional extra on a solve that got accepted later. Yes. So that was just a really weird situation. Like even the WCA, like their official like accounts on like Instagram and stuff posted like Antoine Canton, new world record. Right. Yeah. Well, and it's weird because like, you know, by the end of the day, it was thought to be the yeah. best time at the end of the day. But the decision on this provisional extra was made the next day, I believe. Yeah. So this is another kind of weird situation where uh, it's not they did happen technically on the same day, but it was changed like a day later. Similar to how Sam Knave's square one NAR was changed mm -hmm. a day later. So, uh, so I just wanted to get your opinion on this as someone who is heavily involved in the WCA. I th I, my personal feeling is that like scheduling information and also things like live streams, like mm -hmm. videos and photos with like timestamps and stuff, all of that is widely available enough that we should be able well, to figure out when things actually happen, not, I feel. Not every competition's live stream though. Oh, I know, but like even so, like. As soon as a world record happens, it's like reported on, usually on cube comps, not always, but yeah. there's like posts on Facebook about it, on Twitter, like. We usually do know a rough time, but you know, if it does, if they do land within like a 30 minute range of each other and we just kind of don't know exactly, what do we do in that case? I, I, I mean, yeah, it is an ambiguous case, but I, I feel like when there is a clear answer, we should recognize it. Okay, so if it's ambiguous, just go with whatever was the best. Yeah, of it. I guess. Yeah. Like it's a little messy. It is a little messy, but I still think it's better than just saying like, "Oh yeah, you had the best in the world," but we're not going to count it. Okay, so here's here's a weird quirk: um, is time zones. So currently, we just kind of consider things at the end of the day, regardless of what time zone you're in. Mm -hmm. But now we are kind of saying, "Oh, if it happens first, it should count first. Yeah. But now, what if, say, Felix gets a world record in Australia at, say, 6 p.m. his time, and then Max Park breaks that world record at 2 p.m. his time? Yeah. Felix's happened first. Uh-huh. Technically, relative to the time zone there. Yeah, it like, literally happened first, so he should get the world record for it. All right, so... <laughs> 
he was the best in the world for like 12 hours or something. <laughs> yeah, whatever the time zone difference. It's definitely more than 12 hours. I, but but, but yeah. you said like two different times. There. Right, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it very clearly happened first, but by the actual time of day, it's different. Yeah, but that's just how the world works. Yeah. Like, the, the thing about that, though, is basically everybody, um, you know, on the eastern side of the eastern hemisphere basically has first dibs for records every weekend. Eastern side of the Eastern Hemisphere. Yes, yeah, so if you're like in Japan, in Australia, in China, you basically have first dibs at all records every single well, week. Go compete there if you want the world records. <laughs> I mean, that's that's just a little weird. It's the, that is weird. Yeah, I mean, yes, Felix has happened first, but it's kind of just because we live in a world that arbitrarily sets time zones, and they somehow we put the international dateline in place that gives them the first crack. I guess that's true, but well, it's not really as much to do with. Oh, yeah, I guess it is how we define weekends, and that comps are usually on weekends, but right. they don't have to be. Uh, so should we just start having Friday comps so we get first crack? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I mean, Organize more Friday comps. I am not doing that. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I still... I don't think it's that like big a deal that to not recognize a world record like i don't think that's how it works with other world records i don't, I don't know I, I can't speak to that like yeah. how does it work in other sports and things like that i mean generally most sports from what i understand don't seem to all i mean may, there probably do exist sports out there that do like adjudicate several things on same, the same day but i mean from from what i've seen in many sports like you know the there are potentially like you know only certain events happening in one location at a time yeah that's At least the big ones where all of the people who are capable of breaking these records will go to, you know, the major, I don't know, track and field or whatever. Yeah, I, I guess I usually think of, like, swimming as one that's pretty... And track and field are both... Yeah. Like, they're both pretty comparable to cubing in terms of, like, lots of different events and all time-based stuff. Well, not all for us, but... Uh, yeah. <laughs> There's no fewest moves in swimming. <laughs> fewest strokes. <laughs> <laughs> now that's an event. <laughs> just float for a little bit. Yeah, you just, yeah. <laughs> you just kick off and just let it carry you, no, yeah. no matter how long it takes. <laughs> One hour time limit, of course. Um. Uh, there's, there's a pool at the hotel, right? Yeah. All right, fewest strokes competition, anyone? <laughs> oh, and of course, of course, like, if you want, you can, like, backtrack and try something else if it didn't work out. Like, uh, and, and you can go, you can do the inverse, too, and, like, switch back and forth between yeah. them if you can find a better way to do it with yeah, fewer strokes. Yeah, there weren't any pairs on that first stroke, so I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna take that one back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, FMC jokes. <laughs> Very... What are we talking? World records. Okay. That's what, that's yeah. what it was. <laughs> right, because track is purely timed, unlike cubing, which is almost purely timed. So as you were saying on that, yeah, if uh, you have that train of thought still. Uh, yeah, I was just saying... I would be interested to know how that those things are counted. Like, if you set a swimming world record at like some local small competition, is that right. counted in the same way as like the large competitions? I don't know. Maybe we should do some research and follow up. I agree. I, I've I've seen like during the Olympics and stuff. You know, they'll have like the line that's like Olympic record and then like world record. That yeah, kind I guess of thing. Olympic record records definitely are not an issue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's pretty clear. Yeah. Um, but then they do have the world record line. So I'm like, what what do you have to do to? How official does it have to be to, for that to be the world record line? I don't know. Maybe, we'll, maybe on a future episode we'll uh, figure out exactly how this is dealt with. I've always found, though, whenever... Um, I was on the regulations committee for a, for a time, and a lot of times whenever we had issues that we wanted to resolve, we'd be like asking these sorts of questions, like, how do X 
or why? How, do, how does this sport or how does this competitive atmosphere deal with this issue? What do they do about this? And what I found is it's really hard trying to find these answers. Um, it as, might also just be like as disorganized as cubing. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they just like have some adjudicated board. It's like, eh, well, they'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, for what I've seen, Cubing has really one of the most comprehensive regulation sets, at least in somewhat at least publicly available. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I still feel like there's a lot of holes that we need to cover yeah. in it for yeah. sure too. Um, but it's like we do a pretty good job of you know making most things pretty well known about how our competitions go. Um, but I'm not sure. You know, this is actually a topic. This would be we, a great time to transition to my other topic, but do I don't it. think we have. Do oh, we have time for it? Um, it could be our last topic. All right, let's sure. Do it. Let's yeah. do it. Because so, one thing that we've been thinking about is if you were going to a competition for the first time and you were trying to figure out what a competition was like. Or if you were trying to organize a competition, I was thinking from oh, that just, perspective. Like, okay. say you're a new organizer and you are like trying to go through the whole process of organizing a competition from scratch. Right. What would you put together if you've never been to or seen a competition? I don't know. Yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, I feel like this one we might have to like study the regs more to see what we would like, like see what are some ways you could misinterpret things. Like, right. I feel like that would be, like, if you want to do an experiment, if somebody wanted to test this, like, get your non-cubing friend, like, hey, organize a competition, <laughs> see what goes wrong. It's a great test of the regulations. <laughs> so one thing that the regulations I know does not define is a runner. Really? Yeah, they define judges, they define scramblers, they do not define anything called a runner. So one thing that they could not potentially see is this whole transaction that, you know, that happens behind the stage where you do have scramblers and runners that, you know, take puzzles to and from places. You know, they might think maybe scramblers and judges like sit next to each other. Yeah. Like, you know, there, there's a scrambler and a judge, you know, just sitting right here up where you're and solving. It, it probably also doesn't really define the number of like judges and scramblers. So you could be thinking like one scrambler per competitor or per judge or something. Right. Yeah. Let's just get a scrambler and a judge at every station. They'll have a copy of the scrambles in yeah. front of them and they'll scramble it right in front of you. That seems like a great idea. Does Yeah. Does it say like it, there's Ooh. probably stuff about keeping the scrambles like they, secret. they do define a, a competitor waiting area, though. So it okay. does seem like, you know, that people are waiting to do their solves in a separate place. Yeah. Yeah. Just turn the chair around and you're in the competitor <laughs> waiting area. <laughs> Don't yeah. look. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it doesn't really tell you how you need to define a competitor waiting area, but there should be a competitor so waiting area. So over there. Yeah. <laughs> it's two feet behind this seat. Yeah. Um, Obviously, you don't want to really do that if they're going to scramble right in front of you, but... Maybe, maybe the, the person would think that there's like some like global competitor waiting area. Like, all competitors at every competition go to the same place all the time. It's I don't like, think they think that. It's like, yeah, you just got to fly your competitors out to, like, Delhi or something, and <laughs> they'll wait there while, they, before, while you scramble. That's where you wait to get your WCAID. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I get the question, like, during a competition. It's like, do I need to stay to the end to get my WCAID? <laughs> It's like, yeah, we have like a whole like machine. We just like print them out. You know, it, it picks the next available one for you or whatever. You have your, your WCID card. We yes. have to take your picture and. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, not like that at all. It's legal form of identification in like 30 states. I mean, it actually would be really cool if we did have some sort of form of identification. Yeah. Sounds like a larger problem. We have larger problems to deal with the net though. That is true, but it actually does seem kind of a cool idea now that we thought about it. Man, this is such a productive podcast. I think so. Who's on the regulations team now? Uh, Lucas is out there. Uh, Lucas, write that down. 
<laughs> I don't know. That's a regulations issue to make ID cards. It sounds more like a quality just, assurance. Just add a line issue, in maybe. there. All competitors must be issued WCA official ID cards. I wrote it for you. Just write that down verbatim. <laughs> it's perfect. I don't know about that one. Um, I'm not sure if this is the best idea, but it seems like a cool idea in, in practice. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, like what you're, so the regulations don't really define what a WCA profile is. Huh. Yeah, so maybe that does cause a lot of confusion about how you obtain a WCA ID and how, I mean, we have these accounts on the WCA website. Yeah. And it's like you need to get magically assigned a WCA ID so they could type that in their hmm. field on their profile. I don't know what else is weird about competitions. Um, or at least not defined in the regs. The timers are defined, right? Yes. Mats? Yes. Like Volk? Mats Volk? Yes, Matt's Valk is defined in the regulations. Okay, just making sure. Um, <laughs> I mean, displays aren't defined, but they're also not necessary. No, they don't. Um, I, I, I think they might recommend displays in the okay. regulations, but I'm not sure if they were. They definitely don't require them. I'm just not sure if they mention them at all. Speaking of, like, recommendations, there was something in the guidelines. My friends here, we were talking about it in the chat. There's something in the guidelines where it's, like, guidelines for a regulation that no longer exists or something. What is that? Do you know? Article 6, are you oh, aware of this? Yes, it's the awards section. Oh. Yeah, it used to actually define that you, I think it very strongly recommended giving out awards. Uh-huh. And then, but now there's guidelines about that despite there not being a regulation? Yes. Interesting. Uh, basically because the whole article was written like a guideline. Oh, okay. Everything about Article 6 of awards was a you should really do this sort of thing. <laughs> um, and it's like, okay, so nothing in this is required. Therefore, none of these are regulations. Okay. But that, that's interesting then because most of the guidelines refer to specific regulations like right. like a a one b one plus 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 or whatever we were talking about last episode <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah so the reason for this is because we don't want to renumber things when we have discussions five years ago about regulations mm -hmm. we want to look back at those discussions and be able to figure out what we were talking about without looking at the regulations from 2013. Right. Um, so you just got rid of article six and is there an Article 7? Yes, we go 1, 2, 3, 5, 7. Okay, yeah, yeah. makes sense. Yeah, totally. That, that would make perfect sense to the organizer reading the regulations, not knowing anything about... Co seven? <laughs> what happened to six? <laughs> I would, that, would, that would be like when, when, you, when you have your non-cubing friend doing this, that's when they like call you up, they're like, there's something wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think they deleted this accidentally. <laughs> Did somebody get online and Tyson the regulations? <laughs> That's a really old joke, yeah, by the way. Mike Tyson. Uh, yeah, he punched out the, the, right. the, the regulations, <laughs> and there's a whole section gone. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what happened. Totally what happened. <laughs> um, so let's see, what else is there? Um, the whole cube comps thing, I mean, that's not really a super important part of competitions. Yeah, they might use an Excel spreadsheet to track results. Not that yeah. bad, I mean... We did it in 2011, 2000, and earlier, basically. Yeah. That was terrible. <laughs> um, I don't know. That's yeah. all I can think of. Yeah. I but guess yeah. they'd run a perfect competition other than those, like, three things. Yeah. <laughs> They're pretty well defined, but there are a few things in there that you kind of have to look to other resources or mm -hmm. watch what a competition kind of looks like from montage videos people put out, I suppose. Yeah. But, but I would be interested to see if somebody tried to do it. Probably an unofficial one, because I wouldn't want an official <laughs> competition like breaking a bunch of guidelines or regulations accidentally. Mm -hmm. But could be cool. I mean, you can break guidelines. That's true. You shouldn't. But. 
I want to see someone now make a competition that breaks all the guidelines, but follows all the regulations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every single guideline, just gone. Man, we should come up with this competition. All right. It sounds great. Yeah. It's going to be some really hard ones to break. Layer by layer, the competition. <laughs> <laughs> Will that pass the naming policy? If we okay. first like found a sovereign state of layer by layer, <laughs> that's the first step. Or, or we find someone who's dead and their name is Layer by Layer. Oh no. Oh no. Someone named Layer by Layer is going to die at the competition tomorrow because of my stopwatch. It's going to happen. That's what's been haunting your stopwatch. It's, yeah. it's the ghost of Layer by Layer. Layer by Layer. It's, it's the first and last name. Our podcast is dead. Oh god. I knew it. I knew this would be the last episode. Kit, you mean you're not on the football team? <laughs> Okay, that was a terrible transition. It was all, it was the best I could do. <laughs> we, this part is definitely getting cut out by our, our transition jingle. It's happening again! <laughs> the lights went off, by the way. Oh yeah, uh, to simulate this at home, just turn off your light and listen to the rest of the podcast <laughs> in the dark. Don't do this if you're driving. Or leave a nightlight on, there's still a few lights on in here. If you're driving. Yeah. So, this, was ha this is something that happened a couple weeks ago. We were at a uh, mental breakdown summer in Tacoma, Washington. And uh, I was coming back from lunch with uh, Ryan DeLine, Walker, and Mark Boynowski. <laughs> so, that, like, a ton of stuff happens at uh, the University of Puget Sound where uh, we had this competition. They had, like, a ton of different camps going on. Uh, so we ran into this uh, guy who uh, clearly was part of the football camp based on uh, what they asked me. It, they came up and were like, hey, you, you know where Anderson Hall is? And we're like, we don't go here. We have no clue. <laughs> and then he comes back with, really? You're on the football team? <laughs> now, if you don't know, um, I'm a pretty tall dude. Walker and Ryan are pretty big dudes. And then there's Mark. <laughs> <laughs> so... They assumed just kind of by how we looked that we were on the football team, apparently, and we're like, yeah, no. So about, like, we walked down maybe about 10 seconds later, and Ryan goes, you think he thought Mark was the place kicker? <laughs> yeah, what's a place kicker? <laughs> the one who kicks the ball from somebody holding it in a place? So the, the kicker? Yeah, the kicker. As opposed, just, uh, as opposed to the, you know, when you kick off in football, when you, there's a kickoff where nobody holds the ball. Oh, yeah. You can, you okay, can that, so it's usually the same person. So, but, wait, so is the term place kicker clearly defined in the regulations of, like, the NFL or whatever? I am not familiar with the NFL regulations, but I imagine it would be. We got any NFL people on the regulations team out there? No? No? Okay. Um, it was worth a shot. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. You I was thinking water boy. Uh, <laughs> I, th I think it was kind of a compliment. You know, kicking is, not, kicking is not an easy thing. That's true, yeah. That's right. I feel like, aren't the kickers usually like pretty, like some of the biggest guys on the team? Oh, no. No? No. They're, okay. they're like soccer players that couldn't cut it. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, I mean, maybe like the, the person who holds the place kicking thing. Usually the backup quarterback. Mark's a backup quarterback. <laughs> Actually, I think it used to be the backup quarterback. I think it's more the punter now because the kicker and punter like basically like live with each other on most teams from what I've heard. But there's a punter I follow. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I know a little too much about kicking. <laughs> I can tell. Um, well, well, speaking of kicking, we should probably kick it and uh, go to bed. 
Uh, I was just going to say we could kick back and relax and enjoy another few hours of podcasting. I mean, we could go for probably another like three hours, but I would like to sleep. I mean, look at this. We have so many topics. There's so much we could discuss on future episodes. So if you want to do that, <laughs> you can find the podcast. Basically anywhere you can find podcasts. Except YouTube. Not so, yet. So um, your Apple Store, um, Android, Stitcher. We're on Anchor. Google Play. Google Play. Yeah. We're about everywhere. So if you want to catch us in your ears rather than in front of us, uh, feel free to give us a follow. This is kind of what we do, although generally we uh, tend to do a lot of follow-up. Yeah, so, <laughs> so we're we, gonna have a ton of follow-up for next time because we're gonna have all the follow-up from last episode and this episode. We wanted to make sure you didn't have to listen to our episodes before today, so. Yeah, it would take like an hour for us to get through the follow-up usually, I'd say, Yeah, I think from our, from our limited experience. Episode five might be a entirely follow-up episode. Yep. That's why we call it layer. That's not why we call it. I don't. I don't know where I was going with that. We are uh, layering topics upon each other. Right. Like a big topic cake. Right. Delicious. Delicious. Speaking of cake, I have nothing to say about cake. Why are you looking at me like that? We'll see you next week. Nope, that's not true at all. No. Some people will see this next week, probably though. See it? Yeah. Oh right, they're just staring at their phone the whole right, time. Right. Yeah, yeah. They're watching that bar move. Right. <laughs> uh, oh, you can find the show notes. Oh, we should. The thing we always forget to do at the start of the episode. <laughs> What's that? And then we have to edit it in later. We're going to do that again, even though this is live. Man, that's awkward. I'm not even going to be able to edit it. <laughs> I'm just going to upload this, and it's going to be, you're going to, oh. You can talk about our podcast on our subreddit, r slash layer by layer. And thanks for listening. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> Mom, I got a PB. PR. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>